It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spurs in full cry here. Welcome, listeners, to a bonus episode of The Extra Inch. My name is Wendy, and I'm joined by a television writer, no less, and not just a television writer, the writer of the incredible BBC series Giri Hadji, and more importantly, a Spurs fan, Joe Barton. Hello, Joe. Hello, mate. Joe, we've got loads to talk about um, the show, obviously, how you got into Spurs, how you became a writer, and your feelings on Spurs so far this season. But let's yeah. start with Giri Hadji. Uh, I-, I read that this idea first came to you when someone you knew was sat in a class with a 40-year-old Japanese policeman. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, my girlfriend uh and it was about seven years ago she was doing um uh, uh she, what was she doing the masters in crime science uh at ucl um forensic no forensic crime science sort of crime scene stuff nice. and um yeah it was it's an interesting course and she came back on her first day and i was just sort of asking her how it was um and if she'd made any friends <laughs> like that <laughs> and she was telling me about it and she was saying that the it, it, the class is mostly sort of people in their mid-20s like like she was then and, and apart from this one um middle-aged japanese man uh who was sitting at the back by himself sort of looking quite conservative and slightly out of place amongst all the mid-20s people and turned out he was a, a detective from tokyo that had been sent over to do a, a, a i guess a cultural sort of exchange to, to learn about how met police do crime scenes and stuff like that and i don't know i just thought it sounded like a really interesting yeah character and eventually seven years later <laughs> turned wow. it into a tv show wow so so it'll be interesting to hear it kind of from the horse's mouth how would you describe the show to anyone who hasn't seen it um it's i think we i think we are officially describing it as a soulful thriller Ooh. um and it's a kind of a genre mix it's it's sort of crime but it's sort of not as well it's it's elements of drama uh and sort of thriller there's a bit of romance and comedy um it's 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 sort of its own beast really but I, I, yeah crime crime drama and in style it's um 
what's really interesting to me about it is it it both has that kind of real depth to it um it sounds so pretentious but you the cinematography is amazing but it's simultaneously a real crowd pleaser as well and i I think that's um partly because of the the key storyline around the yakuza but also the dark comedy of rodney's character who is just insane i mean the actor is just absolutely amazing as rodney He, he, he um he was yeah like one of my favorite parts of the show for sure um what did you kind of set out to write what was your intention i think i mean originally it was just i think we were just excited well i was just excited about about getting my own show and i think it was sort of i've been trying for so long to get my own thing off the ground and i, I think what sort of sold the the show originally was just the sort of the kind of it, it's, it's a yakuza it's a, a, a guy coming to to london and there's sort of gangs and there's crime and stuff like that so i think we sort of sold it on the on the crime stuff but uh, i was given about a year to write all the scripts all, all, all eight scripts and i think just sort of over the course of that year <laughs> my interest sort of moved away from well partly my interest moved away from from the crime stuff and also just partly because it's just not i'm not very good at plot <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the thing i'm least good at i'm good at the people sitting in rooms and talking to each other um so i i, I think as the series moves along it, it definitely becomes more of a sort of family drama or a sort of relationship drama and i think i was having some relationship troubles of my own and, and all of these different things that were going on in my life that I, I basically sort of turned the show into a sort of free therapy for myself and, nice and uh, yeah incorporate all these different bits i mean you say you, you're being very modest the plot is very kind of intricately woven in amongst this sort of family drama yeah. um did you ever lose track yeah yeah <laughs> all the time i had uh, i had um script editors and people who's like their sole job was almost entirely just to remind me Mm. um what was going on at any one time but there's 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 some things that we never got around to uh, explaining there's a there's a if anyone hasn't seen it there's a bit with a snake um that gets posted through the front door of one character and um we kept meaning to to work out who who had put the snake through this character's letterbox and in the end i just sort of half forgot and half could be asked to try never so you never find out <laughs> it's just, so there's there's a few loose threads <laughs> But that, yeah. I think that's a good thing. I mean, it's the, the kind of um, people like to have things neatly wrapped up in a bow for them, don't they? To tell them this is this is what's happened and this is why. But the fact that there are some loose threads and lots of things kind of left for you to work out for yourself, it, it might always makes it better. I think so. <laughs> That's always been my argument. Yeah. Yes, I'm enigma. Yeah, yeah exactly. So <laughs> yeah. in in uh, the final episode, there's this what's become quite a famous scene on the rooftop. Uh, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's like a complete sudden change of pace, uh, yeah. which is really moving, really beautifully uh, filmed. Did you write that scene, or was that something that the director added in? Uh, no, I I wrote it originally. Um, uh, I mean, we could probably can we say what it is. I don't know if it's a spoiler or something. Sure. But it's like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it. it's like a little dance sequence, basically, and all the characters start start dancing around. Um, I was in the script, uh, and I, I, I we'd got got to the end of writing the series, and 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 I was trying to work out how to how to bring it all to a close. And it's basically you've got all these characters on a rooftop putting guns at each other, and I didn't want to do just another thing where everyone shoots each other, or there's another because we'd had a big gunfight, and and we didn't want to just do another sort of violent resolution. And then it's also a show about people. That are really terrible at expressing themselves verbally like that you know they're just not good at saying how they feel so it, it felt disingenuous that they would be able to just express themselves suddenly so it's sort of looking for a different 
way that that they could um, express the sort of their sort of innermost desires and and fears and all of that stuff. And I thought, well, do do a little <laughs> a little contemporary dance, or throw a little interpretive <laughs> dance in there and see see what happens. But it, it, it I, you know it worked in the end. I think anyway. I, mean, I, I we were happy with how it turned out. I mean, it could have been fucking awful, <laughs> but we got a really good um, uh, choreographer in and and and, and director Julian Farina directed it really well. So you know, I mean, some people you know think it's a bit odd, but uh, lots of people you know really responded well to it. So it's been nice. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that in a show. It it just it really took my breath away. It was so beautifully done. Uh, and I, I've seen lots of people online saying that they were moved to tears by that scene, which is a good sign, I would say. It's nice, yeah. Make it's, them it's, cry. It's yeah. hit the right notes, hasn't it? And, yeah, and yeah. It, and it fits with the sort of theme of the show as well. Like it's a show full of paradoxes, and that felt like one final paradox in a way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, it, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's essentially I sort of always saw the show as a, as a tragedy. All these characters that um, almost get what they want and uh, uh, but don't quite. But it's just their last chance to sort of ex- express it. And I was talking to um, uh, Greg Jenner, he's a historian. Um, he's on Twitter. He does sort of horrible histories or did horrible histories. He's quite sort of big big on Twitter, and he's a Spurs fan as well. And and he was talking about how he, you could sort of tell it was written by a Spurs fan because. The whole show is about people that almost get what they want, and then right at the right at the last minute, it's torn away from them in tragedy. So, so I it was it, quite apt. yeah, it's funny you mentioned Greg. So he he's the reason that you're having this conversation yeah. with me right now. Oh, because um, so, so I spotted the Spurs scarf and framed photo <laughs> yeah. in a scene towards the end of the show, which I presume was your doing. It was, yeah. I insisted on it. That was definitely in the script. I was like, he is a Spurs fan. Um, I always try and get some Spurs reference into my script if I. I can um and that seemed like the, the the perfect opportunity for it i can't remember why though i think they literally just look in his room and and it's just full of spurs memory that's exactly that, it that's, that's exactly all it, it is they just kind of there's burst no, in and it's it's just there yeah there's no plot reason for it <laughs> yeah exactly but it doesn't need to be it's fine it works really well no. but um I, so I, greg had tweeted about um the show and i i trust greg's judgment very very much he's, he's mm. a previous extra inch guest by the way uh listeners ah. who haven't heard that should go back and listen greg is a wonderful man very interesting to listen to um so I, I I was like yeah all over the show started watching it and then I saw the um the, the Spurs scarf and I tweeted at Greg like I spotted this and he was like ah that's because Joe is a Spurs fan so it's it's just worked out so perfectly so how did you come to support Spurs Joe I came to support Spurs um it was quite a convoluted way in for me I I was about seven years old and I and I just sort of started getting into football um and sort of becoming aware of it and I and I I wanted I knew I wanted to be a football fan and I think I'd watched a couple of like um football Italias or something on channel four and and uh, but I, and I didn't I didn't know who to support so my no one in my family really likes football and I don't know why I didn't just support the local team, which would have been Crystal Palace, but I didn't. I think I went to my dad and was like, oh, who should I Who should I support? And I think he did that thing where he thought he was being helpful. He was like, oh, just whoever you want. You know, just choose a team. <laughs> God. Um, and I, so I sort of, I went on the hunt uh, for for a team to, to get behind and I just thought, well, I'll try and watch, I'll try and watch some football and see if anyone catches my eye. But we didn't have um, Sky Sports or anything. So it was, it was, it was quite hard to actually watch any, any football in my house. And the first game I ever saw was the, uh, European 1992 European Cup final between Denmark and Germany which Denmark won and there was a a period a couple of months where if anyone asked me who I supported I I, I used to say Denmark Um, (laughs) which which was impractical (laughs) um, for all sorts of reasons Um, so I sort of carried on looking Uh, and then my cousin lent me a um, one of those sort of 
video that I sort of an Italian ninety um, VHS sort of the whole tournament on on VHS, and I was watching that, um, and it got to the bit the the, the semi final where Gaza gets his yellow card and starts crying, um, and there's there's that moment which uh, where, where Lineker does the does that little um, watch him uh, signal to to Bobby Rob- Robson off screen. You remember the famous yes, bit? Yes. He's like watch him, watch him. I don't know why it was just something about that moment, um, the sort of camaraderie and and the sort of love between those players and and the tragedy of it as well and 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 the drama and everything which which it sort of seemed like the whole you know no football was actually being played in that moment but but in a way that encapsulate what it is to be a football fan you know and it just sort of I was oh my god you know this is incredible who are these two guys um and I did a little a little research or asked around and 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 found out that I think they had I think they were both maybe they were about to leave Spurs but they at least had played um for Spurs and and then I watched another video which was Liverpool 1989 to 90 season video <laughs> my cousin lent me because he wanted me to be a Liverpool fan um <laughs> but I, I would fast forward it to the um the, the two Spurs games and just watch them and I don't know it was just something I can't really explain it really but it was just as soon as I saw them so I saw the sort of white Holston kit I was like oh yeah that's my team and um and and that's it has been ever since it's so funny that so many people uh have similar stories like this where there's no real connection but they're just kind of yeah. drawn to the club um and it's I mean it's perfect because they, they sort of seem to fit your personality and certainly as Greg mentioned the style of the show is very Spursy yeah. do you feel like they've had an impact on your life and your writing well it's interesting isn't it I got it, it, it not in a sort of obvious, obvious way, but I suppose in that way, I think that maybe your football team are, are sort of an extension of your personality in a way. Mm. The, the whole you and your team, because teams have distinct personalities and, and, yeah. and, and it does, it becomes, you know, such a big part of your life that I think by osmosis, it probably does affect, you know, the way in the way that you view the world. Um, and, and, and I think writing obviously is, is a reflection of, of, you know, how I look at the world and, and respond to it. So I'm, I'm sure that that somehow being a Spurs fan has has bled in uh, into my work if I go through all the things I've written I'm sure there's there's <laughs> I'm sure I could identify Tottenham Spursy sort of trait um, um, amongst the stories yeah. some, some epic failure yeah lots of failure <laughs> lots of um <laughs> lots of pain <laughs> lots of drama when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we'll definitely come back to Spurs because I want to get your thoughts on the, the current team. But can we talk a bit more about kind of how you got into writing? I'd like to know just how did you kind of end up doing what you do now? 
Yeah. Um, I, well, I did a. I went to uni. I did a film and TV course at uni, and um, originally I wanted to be a director. Um, but I, I when I graduated from uni, I just I couldn't. I didn't have any idea how to go about being a film director or a TV director. I didn't have any camera or actors or money or anything. So I, I just was writing with something I thought I can just sit down and and start doing this right away. Um, and so uh, and so I did. And so I just started writing scripts and and enjoyed it. And I started looking around for work. Um, and I got a couple of breaks. I did a an online series for MySpace back in the day when MySpace was still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a I did a straight to DVD horror movie musical for McFly, um, the pop band, which was a sort of a forty minute vampire film. Um, it, it, I think it might be on you. It's on DVD. You can buy it if you want to buy it. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it, it has its moments. Um, but uh, so I did that. And then eventually just sort of, I finally sort of managed to get an agent. But I just bugged enough people and kept carried on writing, writing screenplays. And, and there's, you know, got, got someone to sort of, cut, you know, come in behind me and, and, and help, you know, help get my work out there and, and and stuff and then I got started getting tv gigs I did an episode of a show called Beaver Falls I think it was my first tv thing um and then you know just took it on from there you kind of um you, you speak about writing a script like it's just a thing that you do um mm. which I guess is because you did a film and tv degree and were kind of taught some of the technical elements but I've um I've done some creative writing and I, I really I have an idea for a script that I want to write at the moment and I just don't really know where to start so right. what do you like do you use a particular program or the particular processes you go through to do it how does it all work in terms of script writing oh yeah well the, i mean the actual practicalities of it there's a i mean there's a lot of different screenwriting software that you can get i use final draft which is quite a sort of common one um which is weird because it's really buggy and shit and it's awful but everyone uses it it's quite <laughs> it's quite expensive there are free ones i've used to use a sort of free um downloadable one but yeah so basically you just get a, a bit of software and, and then you know you get in and, and all you need to know is the sort of you start a scene with interior or exterior whether it's inside or outside and the location then whether it's day or night and then you have your action you write you know what's going on who's in the scene what they're all doing then obviously you've got your dialogue and it it takes a bit of a bit of getting used to it so it's its own sort of medium obviously it's very different from writing a novel or writing poetry Mm. or you know you know or writing I don't know other stuff but so but you have to sort of yeah get used to that technical side but once you do that um it's it's quite easy and and actually it's sort of there's a nice sort of shorthand to it I've tried writing a novel and it's really fucking hard I don't know how anyone does it it's loads of words (laughs) loads of words with screenwriting it's quite nice you don't have to write as many as many words which I like (laughs) about it but it's just something it's a thing you just have to sort of learn and and, and get used and do you tend to kind of start with a central idea and kind of know where it's going to go and just then just start writing or do you like have something very basic put some words on a page and just see where it takes you yeah I, I sort of prefer I prefer knowing less I, I think going in but it, it, it depends sometimes, sometimes you'll have an idea and it'll be sort of quite quickly sort of fully fully formed in your head um and 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 you know, which is helpful. It's helpful to have a sort of blueprint about about where you want to go and a plan. But sometimes you do just have you know an idea, and it's just I don't know, you know, a vague idea about um, or I I want to write something about a, a you know a podcast or something. You know, yeah. and you're like well, and you just sort of sit down and see, and see where it goes. And 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 either way can can be successful or not. Um, ultimately, the sort of the strength for the initial idea will 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 show itself through, through the process of trying to write it. But I think if you are sort of new to it, then then planning out as much as you can beforehand, I think is 
is a, is a good idea because often I think you can it can be quite discouraging if you hit a bit of a wall and you and you and you don't know what to do. But if you can just vaguely work out where you might go, you have a bit of a plan. It, it, it's always I think quite helpful. And do you tend to be a bit of a lone wolf with writing, or do you collaborate more with others? Well, yeah, lone wolf. Mostly, I've tried collaborating in the past and and stuff hasn't always, but. Um, it depends. It depends. So I've done TV. Sometimes when I do other TV shows. You know, you go in a writer's room, which is nice because the, when you, when you write for a living, you do spend a lot of time just by yourself mm. um, in the little dark room with a laptop, and that, it can be, you know, uh, it's a solitary life. Yeah, <laughs> it's a solitary life. But um, so it's nice when you do get to actually go out and meet real people um, <laughs> because you sort of find yourself talking to the news agent for a long time, or the postman <laughs> comes around. You just have Jehovah's Witnesses come around and invite them in, and don't let them go. But um, no, I, I mean I write alone but I, but it is it is nice when the process sort of allows you to to go out and, and it's a very collaborative thing once you get something made obviously you've directed you've got producers you've got production designers and costume and hair and make all these people that you know you have to have a dialogue with um but yeah at the beginning it's just you on your time. i was really keen to ask about that actually kind of once they started making the show uh were you kind of involved in that did they bring you along to any of the filming uh, to any of the edits for any anything like that yeah yeah i got to go well i was um uh, an exec producer on it as well so I oh, got to wow. sort of be be involved in all of that kind of you know, behind the scenes stuff um, and then yeah I could sort of turn up to set whenever I wanted um, and I would try and choose the interesting days really or the days that they were filming near my house <laughs> the, the days I liked the most I got to go to Japan for a couple of weeks awesome. um, which was really fun obviously if you, if you ever get the chance to be flown to Japan for work you should definitely take it it's great man it's a great place um, running around Tokyo <laughs> it was amazing um but yeah so i did that and then yeah we try and i would sort of look at the call sheet and if there was you know like an explosion or something happening i would try and turn up and have and have a look um uh, yeah because it's great i mean the, the weird thing about filming is it, it it can be incredibly exciting but then incredibly boring as well there's long periods of sort of not not doing anything but i don't know it's quite fascinating to sort of look at it from the outside particularly i guess when it's your own project as well yeah 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 maybe, yeah and i hope you don't mind me asking but i'm interested in like how you get paid for something like this so obviously you've come up with this script you've managed to find i guess a production company that are willing to take it yeah how do you then get paid for that do they buy the idea off you or do you get royalties they it depends i think i mean you will get they they'll option an idea like they've got you've got your production company and then you've got your broadcasters and those of you so first of all you go out with an idea to a production company so uh, like production company in this case is a company called sister pictures and yeah they'll sort of option your idea for a little bit of money um and not like huge amounts and then if you can get a script commission from them they'll, they'll then pay you to write the screenplay which is how you sort of make your money really as a, as a writer obviously mm-hmm. um, by writing um, but you get so you get a script fee and then you know if the if you can convince you know BBC or Channel 4 or Netflix or whoever um, to either pay for more scripts sometimes they'll pay for scripts and be like well, well you know write us a few more and then we'll see how it goes or they might pay you to write a series document like a bible that will show you know the whole sort of series and all that stuff and eventually if they decide to make the show then you get paid for however many scripts you write I think if you come up with the idea and you get other writers on board you'll get a small percentage of whatever the other fees are and then royalties are I think royalties are less of a thing these days because the streamers don't I think you used to get the royalties from like if you would if people buy the show or if they sell it overseas like sometimes they'll still get a royalty check for like 
50p or something like weird from like from like i did a thing called our world war a few years ago and i did well i've done a few tv things and sometimes you'll get a very small amount because it's some someone in australia has has bought it or something which is always quite nice but yeah royalties as a thing is streamers just pay you more up front and then of course they don't pay you per watch they just take your thing forever (laughs) and never give you any more money um but they they pay a little bit more up front so i think that's kind of the way it's going sounds like um you kind of need to get really lucky don't you in in that industry do you do you have like a do you I, I hate to kind of intrude into your life, but do you have like a backup <laughs> job? Is there something that you do to kind of keep money coming in to pay the mortgage? This is it, man. This is all I can do. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm good at. Um, Just as well, you're really good then, right? I, thank God. I, mean, um, <laughs> I did both. When I first started out, I did, I did other stuff. I was a guitar teacher, a terrible guitar teacher, um, <laughs> but I still did it. Um, I used to do, I used to be an online moderator. You know, but people put like leave comments under, under, news like oh man you are brave oh it was horrible man it was awful it was the orange.co.uk like the mobile phone provider their their news site and their forum the weirdest people and the weirdest (laughs) people on the internet and they and there was yeah the job was just to sort of um yeah just trowel through that and 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 delete their comments or not and they just people get angry and irate all the time and it was horrible oh my god like the things that i remember things people write on the internet it was horrible there's a Um, a tv show in that role surely i'm sure there must be a very depressing one (laughs) very depressing one so what advice would you give to anyone listening who kind of wants to get into screenwriting is there any is there any way to start would you say I think it's always that I guess there's two there's two sides to it. Just one is the creative side and one is the practical side. You know, there's the there's the, the practicalities of how do you get people to read your work and, and how do you sort of, you know, go about getting a foothold in the industry, which it can seem like a very sort of uh, it can seem like a huge task and there's no there's no sort of definite way of getting in, you know, which is always if you want to become a lawyer or a doctor or something, you know what you've got to do. You go to the you take the courses, you do go to school. You, but with this it it's a bit more holistic really. Um so but I think the main thing to do is if when you're starting out is to focus on the creative side to focus on becoming as good a writer as you possibly can and, and you never stop getting better hopefully hopefully you don't start getting worse <laughs> but you can you know improve yourself and I think right at the beginning the thing to do is to, to sit down and, and and just write something from beginning to end finish it it'll probably be rubbish but that's okay you know maybe get someone that you trust to read it and give you notes and then do it again and again and also just to write things that you feel really passionately about I think a lot of people try and I think oh, I want to be a screenwriter or something. They 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 try and think. Well, I don't know what's you know what's selling at the moment. If I wrote a uh, you know what just won an Oscar or what just done you know mm-hmm. if I wrote a horror movie or if I write but actually don't you just write what if there's do you have a story or even a character or anything that you feel really passionately about you know do you have something that you kind of think you know gets gets you out of bed in the morning or you think about as you're going to sleep or you know what whatever the thing is that you can't get out of your head that's that's the story you should write and that's where the best writing comes from and then and then once you've sort of you know got into that then you know i get an agent try and get an agent write to agencies write to people that think might like you and try and get represented but it, it, you know it's 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 a difficult one but um it's all about becoming as good a writer as you can because i do think talent does out in the end there's just so much competition out there though isn't there that's the uh that's the downside yeah there is lots yeah but there's lots of people who are really terrible at it so you know and they this make is good, true. new living so you know, there's a way in. 
This is true, and and you must spot bad writing a mile off now. Often, as as it comes out of my fingertips onto the page, I yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes, sometimes. But you know, I, I I yeah, sometimes you just watch something like that. How did this get made? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this on the telly, <laughs> but you know, part of it. Before I let you go, we've got to talk about Spurs this season uh, and how it's gone so far. So yeah, I guess to start off with, how did you feel about Pochettino leaving the club, and how did you feel about Mourinho joining us? I felt very conflicted about the whole thing. It was it was mad. It was mad. I remember reading. I remember it was um uh just my kids were about to go to bed and and I was just about to put them to bed. And my oldest is um eight and he's a massive Spurs fan, really passionate about it. And um I read Pochettino has been fired. I thought like, I can't tell him before he goes to oh, bed. Like, he'll, he'll never get to sleep. Um, uh, you, you know, so I so it was a it was a shock, wasn't it? I mean, it was. I mean, things had. It, it felt, it felt like there was a bad atmosphere at the club, and obviously, you know, results weren't weren't going our way. But to have a manager that good, and you always think, oh God, <laughs> you know, you dream to have someone like that at your club, and and there was such a. Um, felt like such a special relationship between him and the fans and, and all the things we, he had achieved and the team had achieved so it was painful you know but I, I do think there were arguments for it to happen it had stagnated whether that's his fault or the fault of the club for not buying any players um, or the fault of some players wanting to leave or whatever it was but you know so he's gone and then Mourinho it's difficult isn't it because there's so much emotional baggage mm. with him it, it mm. still feels weird that he's there and um, you know, it's, I, I kind of can't wait for this season to be over, to be honest. I, I, I want, you know, I think we need the summer and then to start again. But results are getting better. I, I don't, you know, we've looked pretty shaky the last couple of games, but we've, we've won them. Um, I think there's reasons to be cheerful. I think, you know, we've made some potentially really exciting signings and, you know, we've had some awful injuries, but it, you know, I don't know. It could go either way, but I, I remain cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and at this point, we're four points off fourth place. Exactly. Which is exactly. not a bad position to be in. What What are your expectations for the rest of the season? Do you think we could re-qualify for the Champions League? I think it's there if... I think we could do, yeah. I, I mean, Chelsea seem brittle, but then so do we, to be honest. I, I, I have no idea what's going to happen, but if we if we don't get Champions League, I, th- I think it will be a big failure on our part because you do feel like it is there for the taking. Um, you know, other teams are Everton are obviously on a good run, you know, but I, I think we could do it with the squad we've got, even with the injuries. You would expect us to. Um, so I will be disappointed if we don't. I think it will it will, will have been a failure. Ultimately, I've, you know, this season, you know, FA Cup win, fourth spot, uh, quarter final of the Champions League. That would do me. Yeah, I would I'd bite your hand off for that. <laughs> I'd take that. Probably up to but, the shoulder, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Um, so I don't know, but I, it, the poly, I've, I mean, I'm terrible at predictions anyway, but you really could kind of see it going either way. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely feeling a lot more confident after the past two results than I was that we'll finish in the top four. I think we'll yeah. do it now. And and I think that puts us in good stead the summer. Uh, going into the summer, not being in the Champions League makes life a bit difficult. Yeah. But I kind of see Mourinho is so driven that he'll do anything to get there. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully that'll work in our favour. Yeah. Joe, it's been so lovely talking to you. Uh, I Genuinely, I'm such a huge fan of the show. And I was telling you before we started recording that uh, I watched the show on Greg's recommendation. And then I started telling everyone I knew that they have to watch it. And I told my parents and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we saw that when it was on. And, I, I, and my instant reaction was, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me this amazing gem of a show was out there that you know I'd love? I was absolutely furious with them. So if you haven't, if you somehow have missed this show, Giri Hadji, you must watch it. It is incredible. 
all. Um, and I, I would recommend it to, to fan, people who are fans of different genres because it's it's a complete blur, blur and a blend of, of different kind of genres from Tarantino-esque shootouts to sort of film noir crime mystery. Um, and, and the other thing about it, which is great, and this is something that came up in conversation with a colleague at work today, because it's partly subtitled, you can't sit there on your phone because you miss yeah. so much. So you're yeah, forced yeah. to focus on it. And that really makes a huge difference. I know that's pathetic, but it really does. It's true. Yeah, you can't double screen it. You've got to, yeah, you've got to, you've got to pay attention. You've got to be reading. It's homework. It's homework, yeah. but great homework. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to plug or anything else that you've done that people wouldn't necessarily know about? Um... I mean, like most of most of my career, <laughs> um, as I've got what have I got? I've got a film. I've got a few films on on Netflix. I've got a film called My Days of Mercy, which no one saw. So uh, if anyone wants to watch that, it's a LGBT romance uh, starring Ellen Page and Kate Mara, set in America. Um, wow. Came out a couple of years ago. Um, there's a film called The Ritual, which is a horror movie. Rafe Spool. There's a film called Eye Boy. It's got Maisie Williams in it. Um, and there's, I'm sure there's other, there's other stuff I've done. Uh, but I don't know if any of it's available. Our World War, Humans, Cuffs, Beaver Falls. Look for my look for my McFly m- musical um, in HMV. Um, what a back catalogue. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Look at it. <laughs> and, and where can people keep up to date with what you're doing now? Uh, well, I am on Twitter, at Joe Barton underscore. Um, I used to be at Jerry Barton, but I just got too much abuse <laughs> every, literally every Saturday. People <laughs> confusing me. <laughs> he's, now he's retired, actually. I could probably could go back to it. But, um, no, but, he's, yeah. he's a manager now, and he got, oh, se- he got sent off in the last game. So I, I, I probably wouldn't go back to it at this point. Oh, Jesus. All right, so no. Um, <laughs> so at Joe Barton underscore uh, on Twitter. Follow me there. Awesome. Joe, thank you so much for your time. It's been great chatting to you. Brilliant, mate. Thanks very much. You've been listening to The Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Barney for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindner for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud, D. Lindner. Do check him out. He's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.